I got to say is I blame Hillary Clinton for that damn dossier that she paid for. That dossier started all of this stock market drop Friday. And then, of course, that scared everybody. And now look what's happened today. Damn that, Hillary. Damn them Democrats. Damn, 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 dems, dems, damn. Anyway, what's up, everybody? It's Mark K. Hey, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, stock market, man, I'll tell you, it has been, it's like, uh, it's. I feel like I'm at Universal Studios and just, you know, whoa, whoa, it's kind of the uh, best way I can describe it from yesterday to today and and, you know, the people I got, I'm getting all these memos from Jamie Dupree and Clark Howard and everybody's writing me saying, talk about this and say this and mention that. And I'm going to be honest with you. My head is about to freaking explode because there are few things in this world more complex than the stock market. OK, and they'll tell you, you hear all the time you hear, oh, it's a simple concept. The stock market rises and falls with consumer confidence. It's a barometer and a measurement of consumer confidence. When the stock market is up, consumer confidence is high. When the stock market is down, consumer confidence is low. And I assume that's somewhat true in a very basic and simplistic world. In its basis format, yes, you can just say the stock market is a, an indicator of consumer confidence. But when stuff like what happens yesterday and what's happening today happens, you realize there's more to it than that. And anyone who tells you that it's just basically an indicator of consumer confidence, they're full of a bunch of, you know, stuff that that dude in Philadelphia was eating yesterday. All right. And that's just that's just still nasty to me. Uh, we're going to move on from that. Look, there. OK, I realize. All right. That two days ago, the stock market was higher than Snoop Dogg on a trip to Colorado. Then yesterday it crashed like an Amtrak train full of Republican lawmakers. OK. And now it's slowly bouncing back It it popped right back up and then it came right back down. And now it's going right back up again and then it's going to right, right back down. And we have till 430 today, I guess, is when this thing closes or four o'clock or whatever it is. And we're going to see. We're going to see just how much uh, we can recoup. Right now, it's below where it closed yesterday at 24, 3, 4. And again, nobody even really fully understands what these numbers mean. And by nobody, I mean you, me, and the rest of the people who actually have, an, have a lot of money at stake in the stock market. Not the, not the people who are pulling the strings behind, behind the curtain on Wall Street. Because, because let's be, be honest, nobody has any idea what it means. All we know is what the experts tell us. And the experts for the last 24 hours have all been saying the same thing. Don't do anything. Don't do anything. Don't react. Don't buy. Don't sell. Don't liquidate. Don't shower. Don't do anything. Which totally seems shady to me. I don't know if you, if you sit and you think about it. It seems shady to me when everybody says, oh, my God, the stock market's crashing. Don't do anything. You know, all this action in the stock market and the only advice people, supposed experts tell us is don't do a damn thing. Clearly, somebody is making a lot of money off of all this activity. Somebody made millions and millions of dollars yesterday when the stock prices plunged. And somebody else, or maybe even the same person, is making millions more today now that it's rebounding. Every time it goes up, millions are made by someone somewhere. Every time it goes down, same thing. There's always a winner. There's always a winner in every situation, historically, in the stock market, in the economy, in you know, monopoly. There's always a winner. Whenever there is a historical event based on the economy, there's a big winner and there's a big loser. And I don't know who the big winner is in this case, but I know who it isn't. It ain't me. 
And it's not. It's not the person who does nothing. Because nobody ever wins by doing nothing. Nothing happens to people who do nothing. You know, I'm in the radio industry, and for years, there's this there's this quote that I think it was, what was his name? Uh, Ogilvy, I think, came up with it. And he goes, do you know what happens to people who don't advertise? Nothing. Nothing happens. You have to do something in order to get something. And that is just common sense. So when a bunch of industry experts and analysts tells you and me and our neighbors and our aunts and our uncles and Joe Schmo, uh, you know, every single 401k investor to just not react, don't buy, don't sell, just wait it out, do nothing. When I hear that kind of advice, I can't help but think I should probably do the opposite. If I want something good to happen, probably doing nothing is the wrong thing to do. I should probably do something. I just don't know what it is because I don't live on Wall Street. I don't read the Wall Street Journal, and I don't know what the hell a stock index is from a performance chart. I don't know what the NASDAQ is, the FTSE, the COSPI, the S&P 500, the S&P 30. I mean, there's so many different numbers and variables and charts and, and differentiations and decimal points points that it's, it's they create this confusing language that very few people speak. And the, those of us who don't speak it, they just tell us to be quiet and do nothing. Because the guy in the $2,000 suit wearing a $12,000 Rolex who had filet mignon for lunch again, he didn't make all his money by doing nothing. But I sit here just like you do and I don't do anything at all because I don't know what the hell's going on. I just watch the thing go up and down and I watch all the people on TV and they say, don't react. Whatever you do, it's under control. It's a long term investment strategy. You're going to win out in the long term. And they're I mean, I hope they're right. I don't know when to buy, when to sell. I don't know if I should short or long. I don't have the time during the day to day trade. And swap or whatever else these these money magicians are doing on their laptops. I'm too busy showing up for work every day, you know, just like you are picking the kids up from school, coaching, coaching uh, football and, and, you know, taking my kids to choir practice, you know, making I'm making sure my money that I earn goes in the bank instead of some crazy roller coaster ride where like one day I'm like, oh, I'm retiring at the beach at 55. And then the next day it's like, oh, I'm putting on a blue vest and welcoming people at Walmart till I'm 85. It's just too crazy for the normal person to comprehend. They've created a ridiculously complex system that keeps the untrained outsider from earning a massive return on their own money while they manipulate the entire economic infrastructure of the world with like a few text messages to their buddies going, hey, let's buy a bunch. Hey, let's sell a bunch. And you can't even really, in this day and age, just blame these Wall Street dudes anymore. You can't just blame Charlie Sheen and Michael Douglas because they wanted to make a couple billion insider trading and chop it up liquidating Blue Star Airlines. You can't do that anymore because it's not just them. You know who else is to blame this time around? You know who one of the big culprits is? You're not going to believe it. Listen to that. No, it's not the Democrats. Listen to this. What happened today when the market was down maybe seven or 800 point was a lot of these algorithms kicked in to sell and there was a huge sell off and the market dropped maybe a thousand points in just a few minutes. So yes, one of the uh, underlying um, villains maybe today was program trading. One of the underlying villains today was program training. Program algorithms, a.k.a. robots. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we have arrived at this moment. Robots are destroying our economy. Robots, robots that lazy human investors created almost took down the greatest economy on the planet yesterday. An automatic sell off because of an algorithm.
I mean, this is every single science fiction story we've ever read coming true. This is iRobot and the Clone Wars and 2001 A Space Odyssey all combined into a perfect storm of economic horribleness. It because these 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 lazy and greedy people who want to make money without doing any work invest in the stock market using these online programs and financial apps. And then they set a sell price and they tell the robot robot, if a stock drops below this price, just sell it, dump it, get rid of it, you know, and then they're they're evil cyborg robotic investors. You know, there's like like, yes, master, they dump it. They just dump it because they, they're because they're robots. They do what they're told. Like when Master Luke tells R2-D2, you know, uh, only show this to Obi-Wan Kenobi. And he does. And then he's like, oh, R2, only, you know, sell if the price drops below $32 per share. And R2's all like. <laughs> and it doesn't matter what C-3PO says because programming is programming. So when the stock market drops to a certain level, all of these automated programs, or as I like to call them, wealth-killing stock terminators of doom, sell stock blindly without interpreting what's going on without looking at the big picture well well the people who program them are out playing golf or getting botox or doing cocaine or whatever it is that they're doing these robots just sell 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 and they don't stop and the price and the stock market and the dow continues to go down and a small correction becomes a major hit because the robots don't do nothing. The robots do something. They sell stock. They dump the bad stock before it loses any more money. And the reason they dump the stock is because the pundits and the experts and the Wall Street wizards program them to. They, they, they program their little automatic stock demons to do something well, at the same time, they get on TV and radio and the Internet and they tell the rest of us to do nothing. Well, let me ask you this. If doing nothing is the right thing to do, why do they have automated programs at all? Why did they create robots to do something in situations like this if the correct course of action for the rest of us is to do nothing? I'll tell you why. In just a minute. 340-1045. This is the Mark K Show. We got some of your phone calls coming up right after this on News 1045 WOKV. It's time for Marky Mark. And the funky No, there's no funky bunch here. There's just a bunch of uh just a bunch of fake news. Uh my name's Mark K. This is the Mark K Show. And you know, I should point out when we're talking about the Dow Jones and the economy and what you should do with your investments, keep in mind that I am not an economist and I have no investment training. I'm not a Wall Street analyst and I do not offer any kind of financial advice. Uh, you know, I'm not Hank Madden and I'm not Clark Howard. Uh I'm basically, you know, just a bald aging, uh slightly hungover conspiracy theorist. But I will tell you this it's your money. It's your money, and if you don't pay attention to it, it's going to be someone else's money because money likes attention. And it likes people to watch it and play with it and do stuff with it and, and keep it from getting into trouble. You know, just like your kids. If your kids feel neglected, they're going to start running around with the wrong crowd, and eventually they're going to run away from home, and you're never going to see them again. But if you helicopter parent your kids, guess what? You're always going to know where they are. You're always going to know what they're doing. You're always going to know who they're with. And money's the same way. And if you blindly put your money into an account and you leave it alone and you don't do anything with it, and then you have no idea what's happening. Meanwhile, the stock market's going all to hell one day. It's, you know, it's crashing here. It's crashing there. It's hitting record highs. And all the time, people are just say, just don't worry about it. Your money's safe. Is it? Is it really safe? 
because somewhere somebody's making a billion dollars and that billion dollars isn't being delivered to them from the mint or the, you know, wherever the, the money is being transferred from one person's account to another person's account. And if guess what? If money's not being transferred into your account, then it, there's a good potential that it's being transferred out. Or nothing's happening at all, and you're not seeing the rate. You know what I like to do with my money? I like to gamble it, because half the time I feel like I get a better rate of return. I'll go to the poker room with 100 bucks, and I'll walk out with $150. That's a, that's a 50% return on my investment, and I control it the whole time. I see where it is. I know where it is. Either I have it, or it's in the middle of the table, or the guy wearing the dark sunglasses and the hoodie two seats down from me has it all. But it doesn't matter. I know where it is, and I control what happens to it. When I put my money in a 401k or an IRA or an OMFG, whatever, uh, all I know is that the money goes in and maybe when I want it 30 years from now, 30 years from now, it'll still be there. Maybe there'll be more. Potentially, there'll be even less. I don't know because I don't look at it because every expert in town is saying, leave it alone. It's a long-term investment. It's fine. I'm just telling you, it, 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 it's like the, you know, whenever there's a magician and they want you, they're pulling you know, the wool over your eyes or doing a trick. What do they do? They say, hey, nothing up my sleeve. And you're looking at their sleeve. Meanwhile, their other hands in their pocket pulling out some kind of fake coin or rabbit or or, you know, some other kind of some good ball of fire, whatever it is. And then you go, look, in my other hand, there's a rabbit. And they're like, oh, my God, where'd that come from? Well, I pulled it out of my pocket while you were staring at my sleeve. And when you see these roller coaster rides in the stock market, I mean, someone's reaching into the pocket. But what they're doing is they're telling you to just keep looking at your sleeve. Again, not an expert, just somebody with a little bit of money, and I'd like it to be a lot of money, and I want to hold on to it as long as possible, and I'd like to take personal responsibility for it. Because at the end of the day, if I wind up broke, I want it to be my own fault and not somebody else's. Because at least I could live with that. And again, maybe it seems like uh, paranoid or whatever, you know, whatever. You got to watch these stock market corrections, though, carefully. And I'm not saying you should do anything. I'm not saying sell. I'm not saying buy. I'm saying pay attention. And if you don't understand it, find a place to understand it. Go online. Go to ClarkHoward.com. Go to uh, WOKV.com and figure out what's going on and see how it really does affect you. Uh, all right. Speaking of affecting you, I uh, there's... <laughs> There's a new memo on the president's desk, and I'll be honest with you, I was a little shocked that it got there so quickly. We'll tell you who voted for it, who voted against it, and also, do you know what happens if you give a cop the finger? That answer may surprise you, too. That's all next on the Mark K Show on News 104.5 WOKV. Mark K, you just gave an excellent dissertation on why to not do anything if you don't know the intricacies of the market. Don't play short term or you'll get burned. Look, I didn't say I, I didn't say I was doing anything. I just said I don't think that's I don't trust people to tell me to do nothing. <laughs> I still did nothing except come in here and rant about it. What's up? It's the Mark K Show. Thank you so much for joining us. We will continue to watch the stock market. Also, uh, news on the Democratic memo. But first, quick phone poll. I'd like you to call in and give me your opinion on this. Three four zero one zero four five is the number. Three four zero. 1045 is the number, and it's it's in regards to giving somebody the finger. If you give somebody the finger, if you if you flip them the bird, you know, if you flip them off, whatever you want to call it, is it a constitutionally protected freedom of speech? Now, if you give a police officer on duty the finger, 
is it also still a constitutionally protected uh, part of speech? And I'll, I'll get to the reasoning behind that, and I'll read you the story. But I'm just curious what your what the general consensus is. Three four zero one zero four five is the number. First, though, uh, let's talk about this memo. The memo's big deal. Memo's still a big deal. Not the old memo. The new memo. The new Democratic rebuttal memo to the Republican memo last week. The Democratic re- rebuttal memo has been voted on by the Intelligence Committee. And they have voted unanimously to release the letter, and it is now on President Trump's desk for review, for alteration, for legal analysis. And then he can, of course, give the go-ahead, or he can say, uh, nah, I don't think so, and declassify it and release it to the public, much the way he did with the Nunez memo. This is the Schiff memo. First you had the Nunez memo, now you've got the Schiff memo. And the Nunez memo was voted down, uh, was voted on down party lines, I'd like to point out. But the Schiff memo was voted on unanimously. Very interesting. Very interesting. And I'm not sure I like that play by the Republicans. I know why they did it, because they don't want to look like they were playing politics. But when the Democrats vote no to releasing the first memo, and then everybody votes yes to releasing the second memo, I just can't help but think, I guess, you know, it looks like the Democrats are now playing politics. So there were the, uh, the memos on the president's desk and he's going to sit on it for a while, take a look at it, give it to his legal advisors, and then he's going to, you know, probably release it. Maybe I'll make some changes or maybe crumple it up and throw it in the trash and we'll never see it again. Um, needless to say, I believe he'll probably wait a couple days. Uh, because on Thursday, we run out of money again. And what's going to happen is there's going to be a vote in the House of Representatives on a new 551-page bill to keep the government funding uh, funded for another month or so. And then they're going to leave town, uh, and then they're going to force the, the Senate to, to do the same thing. Uh, there's a lot of provisions, however, in this new funding bill that are weird. It's a lot of, uh, you know, Republican provisions for, you know, keeping healthcare systems open and this, this, and that. And then if you're on, if you win the lottery, you don't get Medicaid. And they've basically just shoved a whole bunch of stuff in there to try to get this thing passed and then push through the Senate. Uh, and you can read the whole, you can read all about it on, on Jamie Dupree's blog on, uh, on WOKV. Dot com or on jbdupree.com, either place. But it's it's an interesting week, again, of politics kind of butting up against each other and which will be the big story. The president has the memo on his desk, the memo that supposedly reinterpret, reinterprets the facts that the Nunez memo put out. It fills in the holes. It doesn't say this memo is a lie. It doesn't say we didn't uh, collude with the Hillary Clinton campaign to get illegal FISA warrants on Carter Page and the, and the, uh, and the uh, Trump campaign. It doesn't say any of that. It says, here's some facts that we think you should know that may make what we did look not so bad. And I haven't read it, but I'm assuming just from what I've heard, that's exactly what it's going to do. Here's how we interpret the facts. Here are the things that are left out that if you read this, you may think to yourself, well, uh, okay, they still messed up, but they didn't mess up as badly as as the Republicans say they messed up. Because that's the only recourse they have. That's the only course of action. These declassified memos, this declassified information about the FISA court and the warrant and the Trump dossier and about Steele's comments about how he passionately hated the president and did not want did not want him to win. All of that information, when you when you wrap it up together with Mueller at the head of the FBI and, and the stroke, uh, Lisa, Lisa, what's her name, Page, text messages, when you put it all together, it shows bias uh, on the part of the investigating agency and the FISA court to basically listen in on the Trump campaign. And the Democratic memo is not going to 
is not going to debate that. They're going to try to explain that. And there's a big difference. So I think if Donald Trump, uh, I think Donald Trump will release it. It's just a matter of when. Will he do it sooner so that we can see what kind of idiocy the Democrats have put in their memo? Or is he going to sit on it and let it wait till Thursday night when we're all worried about whether or not the government's going to shut down again? It's going to be an interesting case either way. All right. Uh, but I do want to read you this story, and I do want your opinions. 3401045, because this brings up an interesting point. You know, there's always talk about police, uh, attacks on police, pol- police brutality, that kind of thing. There's a guy in Indiana, and he's he's suing a police, uh, a state trooper, an Indiana state trooper, because the guy gave him a ticket. Okay. He flipped the guy, he clipped, flipped the cop off in his car. Apparently, he was driving down the road, and this cop cut him off in pursuit of another speeder or something, pulled the other speeder over. And so this guy, Mark May, who got cut off by the cop, drives by the two on the side of the road, looks out the window, and flips his middle finger up, flips the bird to the state trooper who cut him off in pursuit of another suspect. Well, the state trooper gets back in his car, chases down this dude, Mark May, and gives him a ticket for provocation. Now, uh, in Indiana, they say a person who recklessly, knowingly, or intentionally engages in conduct, conduct that is likely to provoke a reasonable person to commit battery commits provocation, a class C infraction, which it carries a penalty of up to 500 bucks. So this guy gets a ticket for $500 for flipping off a cop who cut him off, and he gets ticked off, so he goes to fight it. And eventually, after a couple days in court, they dropped the charge. But now he's suing the cop, uh, saying that his rights were violated, that it was an unlawful, uh, what do they call it? A, uh, they had no cause whatsoever to initiate the stop, and the stop represents an unconstitutional seizure in violation of the Fourth Amendment to the United States Constitution. Uh, he was found guilty, but then eventually he, they vacated the condition, conviction in the Superior Court, and he's now suing for damages, for lost wages, for the two days he had to stay in court, for seeking attorney's fees. So not only did this guy get off of his charge, but he also now is seeking uh, damages from the cop because he flipped the cop off, cop off. Now, the question is, can you do that? Is it legal to do that, or is it provocation? As a citizen, do you not have the right to free speech? If a police officer does or says something negative to you, can you not say or do something negative back to them as long as it's not threatening? I mean, I understand if you say, I'm going to freaking kill you to the cop. Well, that's a threat. But if you flip somebody off, is that just you uh, expressing dismay? Is that freely protected speech? Or is that a provocative act that warrants a ticket, a a police action, a trip to court, a $500 fine. You know, I know a lot of people who've been arrested and I don't know, I don't okay, maybe not a lot. <laughs> let me let me rephrase that. I know a handful of people who have gone out to clubs or bars or whatever or maybe they're leaving a party and the cops show up and they're inebriated, they're intoxicated, they've had too much to drink. And the cop says something to them and they say something back to the cop that is not something you would say to a cop if you were sober, if you get my meaning. They say something that is angry, uh, maybe slightly uh, slightly profane, maybe really profane, maybe just insulting. And the police officer arrests them, throws them in jail. Now, of course, they could arrest them for 5,000 different things. 
they could just be angry and say, okay, you're under arrest for resisting arrest. You're under arrest for provocation. You're under arrest for public intoxication. You're, I mean, there's 5,000 different ways they could throw you in jail uh, if you say something negative to them. But are you protected by the United States of American uh, Constitution, by the First Amendment, from giving, like, the middle finger? What is that a gesture? Is that a gesture that a police officer can arrest you for? Or is that just a way of you saying something with body language? 3401045. We got to take a quick break, but I'm curious. In Indiana, this guy was, uh, it was not only the charges dropped, but now he's countersuing with the help of the ACLU for, for damages and attorney's fees. 3401045. The Mark K Show, your phone calls coming up on News 1045 WOKV. The Dow Jones is up 66 points off of yesterday's uh, low point of 24, blah, 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 with three, four, whatever it was. And uh, we're still trying to figure out what happened, although this guy th- seems to know. All I got to say is I blame Hillary Clinton for that damn dossier that she paid for. That dossier started all of this stock market drop Friday. And then, of course, that scared everybody. And now look what's happened today. Damn that, Hillary. Damn them Democrats. I'm not sure I understand the, the the correlation between the dossier, because we've known about the dossier forever. What happened on Friday was we got the memo. We got the memo out, and the memo just basically verified everything we already knew, uh, that the FBI and Comey and McCabe and, uh, you know, even to some extent uh, Steele, well, to a great extent Steele and, and, and GPS, uh, Fusion GPS, that they were all working together to try to dig up dirt and, and, and put out a story that Donald Trump was colluding with Russia and also uh, get a FISA warrant so they could listen in on his campaign headquarters and Carter Page, one of his campaign aides. That we already knew. The memo came out and it basically just verified everything. So, well, look, I'm all about blaming Hillary Clinton for lots of stuff. I don't know if, if we could blame her for the stock market. But, hey, you know, it sounds good. It, it sounds good. I know that Rush was saying you he doesn't blame it. Uh, he doesn't he wouldn't be surprised if a bunch of rich Democrats decided just to to sell off a bunch of stock because they could let's face it. They could just buy it back the next day real cheap. And if you look at what's happening, that actually kind of looks like what happened. Maybe there is a conglomeration of billionaire Democrats like George Soros and Jeff Bezos and, well, I mean, like Mark Zuckerberg, a lot of them. They're mostly Democrats. You know, for for a for a, a group of people who want the money to be spread around, they really hoard a lot of it, and they create these businesses that that have so much money. So it it's easy for them to to manipulate a huge sell off, uh, drive the stock prices down, knowing that if stocks go below a certain point, they don't even have to do it all the way because, as we learned, it was the robot algorithms that really drove the price down. What happened today when the market was down maybe seven or eight hundred point was a lot of these algorithms kicked in to sell, and there was a huge sell-off and the market dropped maybe a thousand points in just a few minutes so yes one of the uh, underlying um, villains maybe today was program trading so couldn't this be an actual thing i mean think about it let's say jeff bezos who maybe owns a newspaper called the washington post who maybe is hard on donald trump and who donald trump maybe usually always lambasts what if he says, hey, you know what? I'm going to get back to the president. He thinks his economy is so good. He thinks that his his tax uh, breaks are, are rocketing all of this growth. Well, you know what? Let's let's cut some stuff. Let's cut our losses. Let's sell off some stuff. Let's sell off a whole bunch of things and we'll just drive the price low enough so that the algorithm takes over. And Jeff Bezos, guy created Amazon.com. He knows a little bit about algorithms. Let me tell you that. And maybe he calls his Google friends to get in on the deal. 
And they all, yeah, Donald Trump's been mean to all of us. Maybe we do a massive sell-off, but only a little bit, only enough where the algorithms take over and then stock gets automatically dumped. And then all of a sudden, the record-breaking 26.6 thousand whatever economy that Donald Trump built with his great Republican tax plan goes away in a puff of smoke in one day. In one day, it's all gone. And the next day, we just go back and we buy up all the stock we sold cheap. And not only do we get to give the president a big black economic eye, but we get to make a few billion dollars in the process. I mean, it seems like if, if I were them, I would do it. But again, what the hell do I know? Uh, my name's Marque. This is the Marque Show. We will continue to track the Dow Jones and the market and the memo and every single story that matters to you. Because that's what we do. It's News 104.5 WOKV. I'll see you guys tomorrow.